Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. This podcast aims to put valuable tools and knowledge into the hands and ears of you, the HR professional. Those tools will arm you with the best methods and strategies for attracting, motivating, and retaining top talent. A new multi-cancer early detection blood test called Galeri has been created by an organization called Grail. Detecting cancer early is often the difference between treatable illness and one that is not. What does this have to do with human resources? Well, some organizations like the one today's guest is part of helps other organizations bring services like these in the form of benefit packages to their employees. Early cancer detection saves lives, but it also reduces medical expenditures and promotes better employee lives. We're pleased to be joined today by Mark Stadler. He's the CEO of Access Hope, a company that provides cancer expertise to employers and their healthcare partners to discuss the new test and cancer benefits in general. Thank you very much, Mark, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, why don't we get started by, if you could just tell me a little bit about uh, Galeri, which I may be saying wrong. I mean, there are other early detection cancer screening solutions out there, right? There are. Uh, there are many that are emerging, and um, it is uh, it is pronounced Galeri, and, uh, and the Grail organization developed the Galeri multi-cancer detection test. Uh, and it has the ability to identify over 50 cancers early at early stage. Uh, wow. And many of them uh, are not routinely screened for today. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what they would, uh, I think, indicate as one of their uh, you know, key positives. The, uh, the gallery uh, detection test has a low false positive rate, and it's all done through a blood draw. So it's fairly simple uh, for the consumer. Um, the gallery test and the, the Grail organization owns the test. Um, my company, Access Hope, uh, it is not our test. Uh, it's not our product. But we have partnered with them because their, one of their primary markets is to distribute the test through large self-funded employers, which is where um, Access Hope focuses its time in delivering other cancer-type services to those same employers. So our collaboration with Grail will provide the gallery users with coordination services um, during the test experience, including access to support to guide the member as well as the physician who might be, who will be um, uh, uh, prescribing the test to if there is a positive signal for them, what are the next steps? What's the next step in the pathway? And so we will provide that level of support to them. Several of our large self-funded customers are interested in the test or are in the process of implementing it, and we will come alongside them and integrate it into our service portfolio for those providers. Yeah, thanks for, for taking the time to explain it. It's a it's kind of a specialized situation that you guys have found yourself in, but it sounds really important. I mean, it was just yesterday I was listening to NPR talking about the delay in cancer screenings that have happened over the last year because of the pandemic. People have been reticent to go um, go to the doctor because they're afraid of getting COVID. And, you know, they shared a story. I've actually been thinking about it ever since of a, a woman who had uh, inflammation in her breast, chose not to go to the doctor by the time she finally did go see someone because she ended up in an emergency room uh, with inflammatory breast cancer, it spread to her, her bones and elsewhere. Basically, she's terminal now. And the difference that the doctors are saying between 
something that had been treatable, not easy, but treatable, uh, is about was six months in her case. If she had gone just to six months earlier, she would probably probably be on a, a path to live a, a longer life. And that's one story, but it's you know when you look at these things in aggregate and how that plays out across the entire population of the country. I mean, that's a huge difference. And, and you know, because of of the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, and like you said, people have been fearful. Uh, there are some statistics out there that would tell you that routine screenings for cancer were down as much as ninety four percent. Wow! Just routine screenings. And we do know another statistic would indicate about 29% new, new um, diagnoses are down. And cancer doesn't go away. Cancer isn't down 29%. It's that people haven't been getting tested. And it's a huge concern because the earlier you can detect cancer and the earlier you can get the treatment going, the higher probability of a successful treatment and a long life. Yeah, it's uh, and it's one of those things. I mean, I my father passed away from complications with cancer treatments. It took ten years from the beginning of his journey to the time that it all ended, and the toll that that takes is not isolated to the individual with cancer. It's their family, right. it's their jobs, it's the people they know, the people that rely on them. So, I mean, we are talking, and it's just another crisis, right, that came out of COVID, um, but it's right. a big one. So one of the things I was reading about was that common cancer screenings really only screen for a few types of cancer. You know, breast cancer, was it, um, I can't remember, it was breast cancer, colon cancer, and prostate. And so you're talking about this test does 50 kinds of, of cancer. You can see the, it's quite, quite a difference, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite impressive. And there are other tests, you know, on the horizon, uh, you know, that are, are going to come out and that are in development right now. So it, I think we're going to see uh, tremendous improvement in early detection and tremendous availability of different types of screening protocols. I know that with cancer screenings that can result in a lot of upfront healthcare costs for employees and therefore their employers, right? You know, if they find something, then they have to go to follow-up visits, meet with specialists. Uh, can you just sort of explain or talk about the difference between those costs and the costs of not detecting cancer early from an employee or employer perspective? Um, you know, it varies within uh, an employer's plan. Uh, most employers are seeing can total cancer uh, expenses amounting to as much as 20% of their total planned costs. Wow. Uh, one of the things that they do see is that if a member is detected late, the cost can be as much as five to 10 times higher. They also know that members who are treated at NCI comprehensive cancer centers across the country have higher rates of success. Uh, and because those centers have direct access to research, they have, they have uh, the clinical trials oftentimes being operated through them or connected to them and those types of things. So uh, any, the specific dollars depends on the cancer type. Cancer is so hard to, uh, you know, to pin down in that regard. So you'd have to look at complex cancers, simple cancers, 
other things like that to really get an accurate number. The reason I ask is because of the tendency for people to not want to invest in the short term if there's high short term costs. Um, it's a unfortunate quality that many humans share. I could see someone being hesitant to consider these kinds of benefits at their organization because they say, uh, it's just going to find a bunch of false positives. They're going to have to go off and get all these extra screenings and it's going to it's going to hit our, our health plan costs this year and next year. I know that sounds a little macabre, but unfortunately people do that math all the time. I, I, we see in the employers that we serve, and we today have uh, 43 large uh, customers, 18 of them are like Fortune 500 size companies. Mm. They've taken an entirely different approach when it comes to cancer. They understand the humanistic damage and humanistic issues related to cancer uh, and the importance of early detection and what our primary programs are focused on is the importance of getting it it, uh, diagnosed correctly and the treatment path set early. And they understand the humanistic side uh, and the impact it has, as you said earlier, not just on the patient, but their family and their coworkers. Uh, this, this has significant impact on the work site. And uh, it's all of these things that, that prompted the City of Hope to found Access Hope several years ago and start leading the, this journey to, to uh, bring the services of an NCI comprehensive cancer center out to community oncologists who might not have access to the research but have the ability to treat the patient if they can get them properly diagnosed. Our, you know, we, we are not a model that says we need to be, have, bring everybody into the center. We bring the center to the oncologist to help them help the member. And these large employers have said, that's the model. And then COVID hit and the model was never more important than, than, uh, than it is. Uh, it, 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 was, uh, it was a tremendous move on, on our part, I think, to, to develop the model. It's encouraging to hear that. Uh, particularly with the, the larger organizations, they tend to be trendsetters. And of course, even though the majority of people are employed by uh, small to mid-sized businesses, it really does represent when, when the Fortune 500 companies take undertake these kinds of efforts, it really does represent a decent chunk of the population of the country, you know, and the influence right. that, that that can have can spread across quite a, quite a few more people. Well, and as, as, as they do it, as these large employers do it, allows you to scale the model, and then you can take it to smaller employers as well. Yeah, and I, I really like the idea of being able to take the take your your model and bringing it out to smaller organizations. I mean, one of the issues that became you know even more apparent, and it was already a serious issue before COVID, as many things were, was the uh, the rural areas you know, where someone's 30 miles away from their cancer treatment center, 40 miles, maybe farther. And it's not a can't really a cancer treatment center. It's a couple of people in an office, you know, mm-hmm. and it took a long time for, you know, if you look at COVID as a model for how that healthcare plays out, it took a long time for COVID to work its way into those communities. But once it did, I mean, it was devastating. So it's kind of brilliant to, to find a way to access that, that part of the country too those parts of the country, I should say. Well, you know, you, you bring up something that, that is, is also an issue that Access Hope is really pleased and, and proud to be able to 
address, and that is disparities in, in healthcare. And as you mentioned, there are people who geographically don't have access to cancer centers. You know, we know, um, you know, first of all, only 20% of the U.S. population is within, I believe it's uh, 50 miles of an NCI comprehensive cancer center, only 20% of the population. And depending on the type of cancer you have, the knowledge that is that, that those comprehensive cancer centers have could be the difference between life and death. But we also know that um, zip code uh, has a, a big impact on your success rate. Your ethnicity um, has a big, big impact. For example, um, I've got a couple of statistics here. African-American men have 111% higher risk of dying from prostate cancer than white men. African-American women are 39% more likely to die from breast cancer compared to white women. Men living in Kentucky are three and a half times more likely to have and die from lung cancer than men living in Utah. And the list goes on and on. And it's, it's some of it is because, you know, Kentucky, coal state, all of the, you know, types of occupations, but they don't have an NCI comprehensive cancer center sitting in Kentucky uh, to help those people. So uh, one of the things that we are striving to do and that we can do through our model by bringing these remote reviews out to those local oncologists, we can bring the, the NCI center to them. Yeah, it's, it's really important. Um, I wanted to talk about cancer benefits in general, and, and perhaps we should have talked about this earlier, but, you know, early screening, um, like, like the, the gallery test you're talking about, uh, sounds like it's, it's a critical part of, of these benefits, but what, what other kinds of cancer benefits do you guys see in the field or do you offer? What does that package look like? Um, sure. Uh, so we, we have three primary services. One is a precision oncology review where through an employer's health plan, we can address the top 20% most complex cancers. Mm. And these are cancers that are rare, um, deadly, where the research is changing sometimes every 60 to 90 days. There is new research available about these cancers. Cancer isn't a a disease that is static. It morphs, it changes, it's vicious. It is. Uh, it's it's uh, it's why I'm part of the reason why it was named cancer. It looks like a little crab under the microscope, and uh, so we address these very complex cancers first and foremost because those are the ones that uh, oncologists will openly admit that they need help getting access to the research. They can't keep up with it, um, and that is a, a program that we offer uh, and. and that we come alongside the oncologist to help them with a treatment plan and a proper diagnosis. A secondary product that we have is where an employee can initiate that review uh, for any type of cancer and have the reassurance of not just a second opinion, but an opinion from an NCI comprehensive cancer center. Uh, It gives tremendous peace of mind uh, to that member that they are on the right path. Everyone should have a second opinion particularly for something like cancer. It is not a, a, um, a doctor who's sitting in a, in a call center or something like that. These are, these are 
reviews that are done within these NCI comprehensive centers, and we bring those out. And then the third thing that we offer is a cancer support team for uh, plan members of these large self-funded employers. It's a place where they can come and interact with us with a, uh, a oncology nurse who could get them to a, a local social worker for services that they might need, questions that they might have. People come back from doctor's appointments and something strikes them and they, you know, instead of going to Google or, you know, wherever, they can call in and talk to somebody and get their questions answered. Uh, they can get access to other resources and things like that. And it's a, it's a, a team of, of, of people that are available to not just the patient, but to their families as well to call in and say, my mom just got diagnosed. I'm depressed. I am so down. What, what, what should I do? Those types of things. So it's, it's a, a very comprehensive, supportive uh, model of care. It's really important to remember, particularly that third benefit, um, not just the, the breadth of people that are affected when someone has cancer, but just how many areas of their life it influences. In, right. I mean, I've seen it. I actually have two family members right now that are on this journey. And uh, it's just, it's brutal. You know, the, the surgeries are brutal. The recovery from the surgeries are brutal. Trying to get people to recover quickly enough so that they can start the chemo treatments as soon as possible, which just sucks. I mean, chemos, I've seen too many people go through those treatments. You know, it's critically important, but man, it really takes it out of you, you know, and there's a lot of issues surrounding surrounding that. You know, you've got depression, you've got financial costs, you've got just time taken out of your life, energy taken out of your life. If you have to have people care for you, if you know, like if it's someone in your family that happens to and you have to take time to care for them. I mean, it's just having that kind of comprehensive service, having just knowing where to start can be hugely difficult, especially if the person, when the person's going through this, because that reduced energy is really important to understand that these people are not, they just don't have it in them to do certain things. It really drains right. the drains you. So, you know, they might not be, take the time to go research who can they talk to, 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 you know, run down a bunch of different leads to see who's around, you know, that sounds like a really important service that you guys offer. Uh, you know, we believe it is, our customers believe it is, our, um, uh, the members who call in uh, are, we do an NPS score, a, a net promoter score. Uh, you know, we're in the, in the high 80s of people, you know, responding that this, that it's unique, it's a unique service and it makes a difference. And uh, uh, we are continuing to expand it and look for other ways to connect people from one end of the journey to the other. And, uh, and again, that was part of our interest in, in uh, partnering with Grail uh, to start with that early detection. I want to talk a little bit about interest in cancer benefits in general. Are you seeing an increase in interest amongst, amongst potential clients or existing clients? Significantly. Uh, in, uh, increased. Large employers have come to understand that that a broad brush approach to certain types of diseases, certain types of of, uh, of care, uh, 
doesn't work. They need very specialized, precise care, cancer being one of them. Years ago, it was, uh, and still is, musculoskeletal. You know, a, a bad knee surgery is, uh, is you know, a, ba a bad thing to happen. And they wanted to get people into very high quality surgical centers to make sure it was done once and it was done right. And uh, now they're addressing cancer uh, in, in the same way because it's such a vicious disease. You mention um, a lot of large self-funded employers. Um, are you having success engaging small and mid-sized organizations? At this time, uh, we are only addressing these large employers to build out the model. We do have a partner where we work with some smaller employers come through them, um, and we're having tremendous success because cancer doesn't fluctuate by the you know, it, it's a percentage of the population that will have it. Uh, we are partnering with one health plan, a big regional health plan, and have embedded our services into, into their organization as a pilot. And we see that going live soon. So we see a lot of growth in, in the business. The interest in cancer is at an all-time high right now. And particularly when people see the statistics about how cancer diagnoses went down. Cancer didn't go away. Yeah. And, and it's a big concern. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I think that's about all the questions I have for you. So just one last one is, uh, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to share or anything else you'd like to add? You know, I, w I would add that um, as we come out of COVID, uh, we don't think that treatment protocols will return the way they were. We think that this, these remote models, certainly telehealth and other things will accelerate. And those models work very well with cancer patients, particularly those who are remote. Um, large employers should take, uh, and any employer should take a, a, a hard look at their benefit program to make sure that it, it is, if they're narrowing down their networks and their programs, they need to make sure that they have some way to get people beyond that narrow network into the right setting, particularly for cancer. And uh, those are things that I would really encourage uh, employers to be looking at. Well, thanks so much, Mark, uh, again, for, for taking the time to join us today. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. it was, uh, I hope this was helpful. I hope this was helpful. It is. I just... We have a, a invested audience and, you know, I like them to hear things, things like this and raise that awareness. Listeners, we're always interested in suggestions you might have for what we should cover next. Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HRworks Podcast with any thoughts or concerns you have about the podcast in general. Uh, we are now available on Audible and Spotify. So if you prefer listening there, uh, go right ahead. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HRWorks.